that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season 2021-2022. A bit of housekeeping to kick us off this week on the Race Hour. Thank you for everyone who got involved and watched our Dublin Racing Festival preview. Uh, thanks of course to all the panellists and, uh, and DJ who stepped into hosting duties. Um, you'll see plenty of us again as the Cheltenham Festival gets close. We will be doing our preview night um, I think it's released on the 3rd of March, so do keep an eye out for that. Um, but I must give a shout-out to uh, Dave Weldon, whose nap on that DRF preview um, went close to landing an almighty uh, coup with Battling Bessie, only touched off in the mare's bumper. Uh, Dermo's nap came good, good time, Johnny. And uh, I think I even tipped a winner, which is unusual for me, but that was Birchdale, so not a bad uh, return for everyone who got involved. Um, I hope you enjoyed the tipping game as well on Fans Bet. There is one again this week, £250 up for anyone who signs up with Fans Bet and plays the tipping game. You have to find the winner of the Denman Chase, the Game Spirit and the Bet Fair Hurdle. Uh, do get involved, of course, through bookmakers.co.uk with the Bet 10 Get 30 offer. Dermot Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. How are you? I'm very well, very well. I'm recovering slowly from our uh, weekend escapades, but um, you know, it always takes me a little bit of time showing my age. Uh, Paddy Asport is back. Paddy, how are you? Good afternoon, lads. I meant to ask, how did the um, how did the weekend go for you? Me and Derma didn't quite kill each other on the Saturday, which is always good. Um, Derma went both days and uh, and uh, cleaned up, of course, with Manella Kakuna and Good Time Johnny, which he gave everyone across social media and on the preview, Derma, didn't you? Yeah, Dean, look. Every now and then a stop clock and all that, Dean, you know, so it's, uh, I think I will go back yeah, to the Yeah, but it's great when the stop clock is uh, is right within the space of two or three hours instead of, you know, 24. <laughs> yeah. so fair, fair play, fair play, double was landed. Uh, Darren Hughes is back. Darren, yes. how are you? Good, good. Yeah, really, really enjoyable weekends racing. Um, yeah, a lot of top performances to talk about. So yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into it with you lads. Very good. Now, we, we will be quite light on a review of the Dublin Race Festival because, you know, most people listen to us are consumers of lots of other horse racing uh, podcasts and, of course, all the media that's written around it and the journalism that goes with it. So we're going to talk about a few of the horses from the Dublin Race Festival, but not all of them. Uh, coming up on this week's show, of course, we're going to discuss um, the Novice Chasers. So we'll be delving into the article, the Turners, uh, the Festival Novices Chase, which I think now is the Brown Advisory. Uh, they change every week. And I think this is a big bugbear, actually. I might pull this out as a bugbear on the podcast at some chase, at some point. And the National Hunt Chase. Uh, we'll do the Novice Hurdlers next week on the race hour, if you're wondering where all of those horses have got to. But why don't we just kick off with a little look at the uh, Dublin Racer Festival. Dermot, I'm going to come to you first. Um, conflated won the Irish Gold Cup. Uh, how? <laughs> it was an amazing result, really, wasn't it? Um, I think everything underperformed. Uh, Manella Indo is the one that comes out of it as, as the Gold Cup contender. Like David Russell afterwards was, was trying to say that conflated is a Gold Cup contender. And, and look, it, it, this has happened before, you know, with the likes of Sizing John. I, I rubbish Sizing John after winning a, an Irish Gold Cup, but just like... It's not like Conflated's a six-year-old that's kind of come out of the blue, you know. We kind of know an awful lot about him. I, I think it was the case that everything else really underperformed. But Manella Indo, I just watched it back this morning again, and Robbie Power is looking and looking for something else to go on. And because he obviously doesn't want to kill the horse, you know. Last year, that horse was fourth in that race and went on to win the Gold Cup. And, but all of a sudden, I think as he jumped two out, he went, oh, God, I can actually win this. But the bird had flown. 
Um, so Manella Indo backers like myself and connections and everything else will be absolutely over the moon, especially with how Henry de Bromwell's horses are running. But uh, they looked yesterday and today now the the second today, the winner yesterday, really well back winner yesterday. So it looks like Henry de Bromhead might be timing this this beautifully as well. And Manella Indo also, the two of them might be coming back to uh, to resurgency together. Very strange results, Dean, but I was absolutely delighted with Manella Indo, which if you told me a year ago, I'd be very excited about finishing second to Conflated. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't quite believe you, but for me, Dean, that's, uh, that's a real step back in the right direction for him. We know he peaks at Cheltenham and we know Henry de Bromhead horses will start to peak now as well. So I think he's... Uh, He's the one to beat once again, then. Yeah, he stole my thunder there. I was going to say, how can you be excited about finishing uh, that far, easily beaten by Conflate? But I understand why. I do understand why. There wasn't a lot else um, to pick out from the back of the field in that Gold Cup at the Dublin Racing Festival. So why don't we move on to Paddy? Paddy, let's talk about Honeysuckle. A few cribbing Honeysuckle now. I thought that was a little bit unfair. The move... Um, from the second last, certainly come around the bend, just put the race to bed. And she doesn't have a horse at the final flight anymore. It just never happens. No, uh, I think, you know, Rachel has learned uh, by Honeysuckle in the past. She tends to set about her a good bit before the last hurdle now because she tends to have a bit of a peep and back off and just give maybe something that's coming with a, a rattle, a, a second bite of the cherry. But I think... Mm mainly probably the biggest criticism that was pointed towards the performance was just on the clock, wasn't it? It just wasn't outstanding compared to the likes of Sir Gerhard, who also had his, his cribbers. And I think yeah. that was probably the, the biggest factor in it. But, you know, she's she just keeps doing what she's doing. She was never in any doubt. You know, Rachel, you'd have said half up the running. I have seen her hit the line stronger, but... You know, we've got to remember that the yard have been in better nick um, in the past. Not that they're out of form compared to some other stables, but I wasn't in much of a rush to start cribbing it. But I suppose the clock does always back things up, so we've got to take that into account. But still, nonetheless, I think our price reflected what, what, um, what was in front of her, wouldn't it? Yes, I think that's very fair. And the price can be very similar um, come Cheltenham in March. Took Charger out of the... Uh, out of the equation, and uh, I think guess the, the 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 great hope of perhaps toppling a honeysuckle is appreciated. But the chances of seeing that one before the festival comes around very very slim, I'd say. Uh, Darren, I'm going to come to you about a horse that you spoke about on this podcast before, and we're very um, complimentary about, and that's Vauban entered the uh, Triumph Hurdle picture, beating a horse that you know even David Russell I think had said was pretty special, and that's Field Door. Um, that was a hot trial for the festival. It was, yeah, it was good. He was good. Uh, there's room for further improvement, I think. I think he can jump better. Um, wasn't absolutely full perfect in that front, but you could forgive him that in a second start over sticks. Uh, what impressed me about this horse was that, just how well he travelled and how well he quickened. <clears throat> I think the official finish in this, or official winning distance is about three lengths, but you got the impression it could have been a good bit further. Um, you know, he kind of had a small bit of a look when he hit the front. Not, a, you know, he, he didn't pull himself up around, but just wasn't wasn't running as fast as he could once he, once he got that far. But no, I thought this was good. Uh, I've, I would have had a small concern about Field Dorgan into the race. I don't think on balance his form is as strong as it was being made out to be. Uh, he hadn't managed to put up a good time yet. None of even either sectionals or overall times. And I just, I, I think that Boban will still have it all to do when he meets Pied Piper and Chenham. Now, they deserve to be the same price. I'm not saying he has much to find, but I think his, his real test will be will be Pied Piper again at Chenham. But uh, as I said in this podcast before, he probably should have eaten them the first day at Ferry House. 
But um, yeah, no, overall, sorry, this this was good. Uh, as I said, there were room for improvement. Okay, room for improvement. I thought you were going to wax lyrical about how the Triumph Hurdle was now a done deal and it was all over, but no, okay. Um, I, I certainly noticed that missed a couple of flights, um, certainly jumped better. But that's all to be. I'm, I'm picking that. I, I am. I am picking. I am being, being picky. But yeah. uh, but I, I just think, I there there is there are things that he could improve on. I think. Sure. Well, you want that in the triumph hurdle. You don't want to be. Uh, well, actually, no. Let me take it back. You want to be the ultimate professional and unbeatable. I get that. But uh, you expect it in yeah. the triumph hurdle. Let me put it that way around. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. That's Vauban. Now, any other eye catchers anyone particularly wants to talk about um, from the meeting? I guess the one that everyone kind of walked away thinking: aeroplane, game over. Although there are some other good ones around, was Facile Vega, um, super super exciting in the bumper, and Chacun Poussoir got a day in the sun in uh, in the um, in the two mile chase, of course. Um, anything else that anyone wants to point out? Dem, I'll go to you. Uh, yeah, no, I thought um, Chacun Poussoir is is he's still a player in that champion chase team if they can get him to travel. I remember speaking to uh, one of our listeners before, Aaron Stone, and he he said the horse horse doesn't travel. Uh, it was a good catch. They should but... stay home now. Like it's it's ten years old. I know, I know. But remember Don Cheltenham after three times or, or twice not not running well there, and everyone wrote him off as a non Cheltenham horse. And it just it actually happened to be happenstance. It was just those you know those two times different things just 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 kind of went wrong. And you just mm. um, I can understand why you'd want to go. He's just so good, you know. I mean that that was a that was a high hundred sixties uh, run again there. Um, so mm. he's he's not far off them at all. It's just he just might be another beef for salmon, really. You know, where just that that crossing the Irish Sea doesn't uh, doesn't help his cause at all. Uh, Fasal Vega, unbelievably special altogether. And then just one horse from the the handicaps as well. Dean, I thought autumn evening for Jessica Harrington, whose uh, horses mm. are, are starting to really roll now. Um, I thought that horse is going to be winning very soon. Probably got to the front just a bit too soon but was traveling so well i think sean o'keefe did not want to kind of let the horse down but that horse travels so well there's a definite i think at the punch down festival now when jessica's horses tend to start really peaking i think that's when uh we'll see this horse definitely pick up something he's he just or this horse looked like there was a a big race left in him you know yeah fair enough that was a big run in the liffey handicap hurdle one by of course call me lyrene who got the absolute coldest and bravest rides um, from Davy Russell on the day to win on a, what is a talented horse, but you need that sometimes to ride with a little bit of um, carefree attitude. I think when you're doing that, Darren, anything that caught your eye over the rest of the uh, racing? There probably plenty, but anything stand out? Um, I just want to reiterate on Shaq and Forsois. I'd actually be very positive on his chances going to Cheltenham. Uh, I think this this non-travel thing. Ten, I mean, Darren. He's ten. Uh, I no, I think he's a, he's a he's not a normal ten-year-old. He's very lightly raced. Has very few miles on the clock. Um, it's not like he's been running around fields for. 10 years i suppose <laughs> but no he, he, he doesn't have that old uh he doesn't have that you know the, the, the back catalog but massive novice or the campaign or a career etc etc um yeah. i think it's a red herring i think there are excuses for for both of his he's only run there twice okay and he got, fair enough he ran below himself the first time wasn't absolutely horrific though you would have expected him to run much better and then at, at sandown he had a verifiable problem i'd be really positive on his chances um going to the chat and chase i i will hold the hands up i thought it was a two-horse race um, for for a period of time there, but after the weekend, now I'd be I'd be very positive about him. Okay, and look, it is definitely a two horse race, and I'm completely against uh, Chacun Poussois now because you can after time you can after time losers on on this podcast, right? So um, I had twenty five to one for the champion chase when he was there in the morning on the morning line and didn't. So had I. So had I yeah. when he got the storm so, uh, Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, and Dean. Yeah. So, Dean, sorry, yeah. just so I can give a shout out as well to a few people that stopped me around the track who are listening to the podcast. Uh, Simon and Nathan 
had a drink with them on the Sunday and then on the Saturday um on Donnellan as well. I met him in the tent. All of them were uh, were quite um had some praise for us, Dean. So that has to be shouted out because you know what is rare is uh, is wonderful. Rare indeed, rare indeed, and we will take it. Thank you very much, uh, Paddy. You, you can shout something else out from the DRF, unless you know you want to talk about Facile Vega or or Chacun Poussoir or anything else. You know, there was a couple of thoughts. Well, there was one riding performance on the first day, and then a horse performance. But they were both Danny Mullins. I thought on Manila Kikuner, I thought it was mm. a fantastic ride. Um, yeah, you know, he's a very very free going horse, and. I mean, Danny was still pulling his head off after he jumped the third last and just filling him up, filling him up because he's so quick at his hurdles. He was able to do it, you know, because he was he hadn't taken off and he was he was away the other side and just a very very good technique. And I know he's won quite nicely in the end and great shout by by Dermo. But he looks a fair horse and I think Willie rubbish straight away about coming back in Tripper. Danny said he could afterwards but i think they're happy to stay roundabouts where they are but i thought that was a great ride and then in the very next race the horse that danny rode in in behind vauban ilete tom for william mm. debut for the yeah. stable hadn't ran since last may was dropped well out and was certainly done the best of the ones that were dropped in and ridden patiently and i thought that was a really tidy effort on just his third start and debut for the yard yeah, yeah, exciting one that. And picked up a lot actually during the week by uh, various other uh, media profiles who were talking about that one for the Chantler Festival. And rightly so, it was a very eye catching performance. Thanks, Paddy. Um, we are going to kick on now into um, a look at the novice chase division at the Cheltenham Festival. After we do that, just so that you do hang on after the break that's coming, uh, we will be looking at Newbury and Warwick, of course, for the weekend and the weekend naps. So why don't we get going? Uh, the Arkle is first up for discussion. Um, we, of course, did get a bit of a clue into it at the Dublin Racing Festival with Riviera Detail and Blue Lord battling out. We get some more clues this weekend as the likes of Edward Stone and Third Time Lucky uh, will be in action. So that's the top four in the market. Um, Dem and Ola, come to you. We were there. We watched Blue Lord get the better of Riviera Detail. Um, you were quite happy about it. I felt the result should have been the other way around, though. But you've got to jump the fences. Yeah, it should have been uh, completed the... Uh... A different way around in um blue lord was was good but i, I was disappointed with him now i'm, I'm kind of i won't be backing him for for cheltenham anyway a uh, riviera tell was excellent but it was a weird mistake it wasn't she didn't she kind of landed on top of it but she didn't i, I, I don't know what she really did it, it was very strange um she would have been very hard to pass at that point uh blue lord was maybe tying himself up a small bit in front but still she she was she was getting the better there um dean i can't have edward stone or third time lucky i just can't have him um, mm-hmm. I think the reason why now Brave Man's game is possibly the one exception because he, that was a good run. I watched back that uh, that race last year. I won't be back in Brave Man's game, but I could see why somebody could. But the rest of the novice hurdles and the handicap hurdles from last season, the Irish horses kicked them out of the way, like not even slightly kicked them out of the way. You know, you're talking Edward Stone there beating in handicaps last year and third time lucky way down the field in the county hurdle. I understand horses can improve for fences, but you're still talking about lengths and lengths and lengths here that they have to make up Edward Stone he's the favourite in some places now he's the 3-1 to one second favourite with fans bet I would slightly agree with that but I think we could be looking here at a Western Warhorse type season Dean um, I think that the, the front of this division without Fernie Hollow is, is it's questionable we don't have a clue what's kind of really there um, I think Hot and Clares he fell the last day but he, he it wouldn't surprise me Gentle, gentleman to me who he hammered there is after winning quite easily there at, at Turles today 
Um, but you can't back a horse going in with a fall, obviously. Um, but I'm taking a flyer here on a 28 to one shot. Uh, Magic days. Um, I would be on side with you actually as well, Dean. Here on on course sublime as well, but. I'll leave him him to you. But Magic Days, Dean, for me, she's 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 mental. But that mare's novice hurdle from last season is working out very well. She actually ran a, a remarkable race in that last year. Um, I think Tell Me Something Girl is probably my nap at the festival for the, the mare's hurdle. I think she's just absolutely thrown in there. Uh, I know it's not a handicap, so that's a nonsense of a turn. But still, um, but Magic Days, for me is improving all the time. That run last time beyond Concertiste and Jeremy's Flame, that, that form's only getting stronger and stronger. I think had she jumped them a bit lower turning in, she would have won. And like a lot of Henry's horses around that period of time as well, Dean, she just flattened out at the end, which has happened to an awful lot of them. I think Magic Days, I, in my opinion, had Henry's horses been a bit better and had she jumped those last two, she would have beaten Concertiste. And what price would she be for an Arkle after doing that? Um, so a 28 to 1, I think she could just get away from this field. Now, Riviera de Tell will be annoying her, but I think she, she, Riviera de Tell will probably be happy enough to take a lead there off her. And I just think she's kind of mental enough, Dean, that one day could just fall right for her. So she'd be my idea at 28 to 1. But of all the divisions, Dean, this is the one where I think there is, there is value to be had. Yeah, potentially so. Magic Days, of course, talked about between uh, myself, yourself and, and Don McLean on one of the early rambles of this season's race hour podcasts and uh, it's still pitching away for a crack at the Arkle. Um, Darren, I'm going to come to you. Um, we have a bit of evidence from last weekend. We're going to get some more this weekend. Uh, is Demo right? The English may as well not turn up. Something is going to win from Ireland. I hope not. Um, I have back Edward Stone. I've gotten the guts of 11 to 2 in between kind of 5s and 11 to 2 and the, and the exchanges about him um, after hearing the bad news about Fernie Hollow. Um, yeah. I really don't see how any self-respect in sports book managed to shorten Blue Lord after the weekend. Uh, mm. I, I think you'd want to have a long, hard look at yourself if you're if you're taking points off his price based on his performance at the weekend. The mayor had him beaten all ends up. Um, I could see a case to be made for Riviera to tell. Uh, that's two incredibly solid runs. Uh, obviously, without the mistake, I think she wins somewhat easily at the weekend and her form behind Fernie Hollow um, the last time w- was very good but I think Fernie Hollow aside I don't think this is a strong division I, I don't think the two of my uh, novice hurdlers were, very, were particularly strong last year full stop England or Ireland probably appreciate it yeah. aside you know anything in behind appreciate none of them were brilliant um, if Corsa Bleem wins I'll be picking myself off uh, out of the lippy uh, I had him back for... I'll, I'll look if that happens don't yeah worry. Jesus I had him back to win a champion hurdle one year all year long with 50s <laughs> all the way down to 10s and yeah, the less said the better. But no, I, I'm on Edgerstone here. I think he's improved tons and tons for fences. Uh, I know he wasn't the best handicap hurdler of all time, but he was pretty solid. He was a 150-rated hurdler, but I, I just think everything about him, his technique, since he's gone over fences, the way he goes through his races. Slight concern is Alan King's stable form in the last six or eight weeks has been particularly poor, but much like Henry de had had a couple of winners. Uh, at the weekend there and throughout the course of this week so you're hoping they've, they've turned the corner but no I, I think I think Edgerstone is the right favourite here I, I I wouldn't back Blue Lord at twice the price he is at the moment much less the 3-1 5-2 to to that's on offer 11-4 mm-hmm. favourite Blue Lord with fans but Edward Stone currently 3s 4-1 Riviera details third time lucky at 6s and 15-2 to two bar them and I mentioned the bar there Paddy um, Horton Colour was a big fancy of yours to run well at the Dublin Racing Festival of course uh, things ended all too soon in that race. Where do you stand on the Arkle now? Yeah, it's a pity. Um, it was a carbon copy fall, wasn't it, of, of what we've seen um, 
of trying to think of that horse that fell at the was it Menelendo who fell at that fence last year? Um, that downhill fence. Uh, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. You yeah. know, it was exactly the same. But so it was too early for us to learn anything. But he still is a bit of a blank page. Him, there's no doubt. Um, but you know, you don't like backing horses off the the back of of being on the floor and. I'm just tending to agree with the two lads here, Dino, to be honest, with Edward Stone, because there's no doubt Dermo's absolutely bang on. You can really pick holes in his hurdling form. He's yet to win at Cheltenham, but he's run two very solid races at the couple of festivals he's rocked up to. But the fact is, he's only just about mentally grown up now as an eight-year-old. He's far more um, rideable now as an eight-year-old. He has improved for jumping the fence, but... He was an absolute headbanger over hurdles and he still ran to quite a good level. He was just far too free and the revs are way too high on him. And I mean, he's three from five over fences, but the other two times he was on the floor. I think he was brought down both times, to be honest. Um, but mm. he's looked very, very good on his feet. There's no doubt I would like to see Alan King in a bit better nick uh, come March time to be a good bit more confident. But I think he's probably a worthy favourite for me. Okay, another shout then for Edward Stone. Demo mentioned it already. I'm a big core Sublime fan for this. I know they'll have an option of a grand annual if uh, uh, the handicapper plays ball there. But we're bounce right back to what you would expect to see from um, probably the best workhorse has ever been, if you listen to all the whispers that go around, uh, under Rachel at Gowran when winning um, that chase. And prior to that, if you ignore the Christmas runway, you probably should do that with a lot of um, Henry de Bromhead trained horses when uh, well beaten by Fernie Hollow and the likes of Riviera de Tel there. Got close enough to Fernie Hollow on Chase debut, I thought. And if you remember, I've been off a year before that. There's plenty more under the hood of this seven-year-old, I think. And at the value prices, at Corsa Blime, who was, I think, rated a 150 hurdler, uh, probably value for a few more pounds if things had gone to plan as they expected they might, might just click for them over fences. Um, of course, it's Henry de Bromhead um, and, you know, the owner. I'm imagining, I think they did Triumph, then Cheltenham. Uh, sorry, they did Triumph, then the champion that they will go for an article, but they do have other options. Um, big, I, I will just right. say about him, Dean, I remember I did a Cheltenham preview night with uh, with Chris Jones uh, three or four years ago. No, maybe not yeah. that long. could be the, the pandemic year, first pandemic year, two mm-hmm. years ago. And seemingly, Course of Lean was the best workhorse in Gordon Elliott at the time. No, the firepower yep. Gordon Elliott had at the time. That time Keith Dunne, who used to say that as well, Darren, yeah. Yeah, Keith, yeah, Keith, was, Keith was on the panel that night. Sorry, Chris Jones was just there, who owns the horse. And yeah, they said he this lad was, he would he'd take the eye out of your head in the morning time. Well, maybe if they run the Arkle at 8.30am, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you never know. Um, let's, let's just change the clocks in his stable so that he doesn't understand what's going on. Um, I, I think there's a big run in Course Sublime. I really hope they roll the dice and go here. 22 to 1, still with fans bet. Um, and uh, we put it up on the two-minute tips a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, I, that's where I'd be going. This division is wide open as... Uh, as um, Demo suggested, it could be a Western Warhorse year, but you know, of course, the blind would beat Western Warhorse nine times out of ten, I'm sure. Um, right, why don't we go then into what is now known as the Turner's Novices Chase? Of course, I'm talking about the two mile four uh, contest. Um, well, to me, before we even get stuck into this, I thought there was only ever going to be one horse to talk about here. The betting is suggesting similar, but I guess there's some switcheroo possibilities here. Uh, Bob Ollinger will win this, Darren, won't he? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, I think there's more improvement to come from him with his jumping, but I thought his jumping the last day was much better than the first day. I thought people crabbed him unnecessarily um, after he beat Capadano. Uh, now, it's an awful pity Capadano came down um, at the weekend, so we don't really know mm. 
how that form, um, whether it would have been franked or not, I actually had a Capitano back, so I, I certainly thought it would be. But yeah, I, I think this is pretty straightforward. I think I think Bobby O runs here. Uh, Gallop and Deschamps goes to the three miler and kicks Brave Man's game out of the way. Um, no, it won't. Fair enough. Listen, that's that's another discussion. But uh, I, it's I, coming I, up. It's coming up shortly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, next five minutes is fair. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought this was pretty straightforward. I thought uh, Bob Ollinger. Now look, I. Again, Henry's stable form. You'd want to see him. You'd want to see it rather improve between now and March before you take five to four. But I think the market tells you all you need to know. I think that long press is the biggest red herring of a horse that's ever existed. Uh, I, I I don't think he's a five to one shot in my book. I, I wouldn't back him at twice that price. So, um, yeah, I think this is pretty. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I think what's built into that price about Lompress, it looks impressive in his own um, in his own kind of lane, is that a lot of these aren't going to bother, are they? So it could be a very small field for this Paddy Asport. Yeah, it's looking that way, isn't it? Um, and to be fair, if he, if he turned up on the day and he was that sort of price and didn't get any shorter, you'd be happy to go in at that, to be honest. I think yeah. the, the boys are bang on. His jumping, I don't think, has been that bad. I mean... Two good tests at the you know at the first and second time of asking to jump round Goran and then Punchestown. I don't think there was an awful lot wrong with his technique. We've seen the Goran races working out quite nicely, and you know he's picking up some good experience along the way. So yeah, you would definitely think this is the route he's going to go. And if there was a bit of four to five still about, I'd be more than happy to have a bit of that. Yeah, even money favourite currently Bob Ollinger for the Turners Novices Chase. Uh, with fans bet uh, demo like you were kind of, we're kind of covering this race pretty quickly but the the, the big deal would be if Gallopin de Champs uh, didn't fancy tussling with the monster that is brave man's game <laughs> i think it's more when he fancies tussling with the monster that is bob Ollinger, really uh, but um <laughs> the Gallopin de Champs argument is i understand it like like i'd love bob Ollinger against Gallopin de Champs over this trip you know like uh, Gallopin de Champs the way he attacks his fences the weekend when Paul Townham was asking to shorten up to them, he just was, he didn't like it at all. He wanted to attack every one of them. And I love a horse like that. Um, but the thing is, is that people keep saying to stay at the same trip, but he, he'd be dropping in trip. Like he won't be going down here. Sorry. He won't be staying at the same trip. The flow gas is ran over further than this race is. So like, like that's nonsensical. That's a nonsense of an argument. Um, I think he can go down and trip and his jumping style would, would maybe back that up. But, you're talking about Willie Mullins here, and I think Willie's going to want to. I think Willie has a line through Brave Man's game over hurdles, whether that's right or wrong, in your opinion, through Gayer de Menil, that he he doesn't have a line through Bob Ollinger. He's no horse that has that has got near that horse yet. I think he's going to want to avoid Bob Ollinger more. So I think Galloping de Champ is good enough to take on any horse, but I think Willie Mullins will just want to get the win out of the way. I'd love to see him in this race. I don't see it. But regardless, I think Bob Ollinger would beat him anyway. Um, I think Bob Ollinger has been winning throughout all of Henry's uh, form being on the floor. Um, he beat Master McShee, who's only franked that form since, and he kicked him out of the way. I know Bacardi's has let the form down since, but Dean Bacardi's is that kind of horse anyway. You know, he, he can turn up one day and do an unbelievable performance. And then I thought against Capadano, it was unfortunate that, that, that we didn't get to see how good Capadano was because he fell early as well um, mm. the last day. But that was... The, the, that was another very good run. And Gayer de Maynil, who was 40-something lengths behind, he ran a huge race behind Gallop and Deschamps afterwards. So it's uh, Bob Ollinger's form is rock solid. His jumping is safe, but he's more than quick enough to kind of to make amends for that. And on better ground, I think you could see a much better jumping performance as well by his action. So if if the I really hope Gallop and Deschamps does turn up, uh, but 
I think even if he does here, I think Bob Ollinger beats him whilst I think Galopin Deschamps beats um beats Brave Man Game. Sure. Well we're gonna come on to that. I think I think what we what we can take away from this, this be my view anyway, is that we're gonna get quite a small field for this and Bob Ollinger will be a lot shorter um than the even money that's currently available with fans pet. But you've got to wait a bit of time and then you've got to hope that, you know, exactly that plays out. I do think he's going to be uh, almighty difficult to beat whatever uh, bothers to turn up in that turn as novices. Right, well, why don't we look, look, let's get straight into the uh, the other discussion. Of course, Bob Ollinger has entered in the Brown Advisory Novices Chase, which is uh, registered as the Broadway Novices Chase. I have no idea what they call these races anymore. It's the one over three miles, so now I prefer <laughs> uh, can, can we still call it the RSA? We can't. Um, all right, Paddy, I'm going to come to you, right? Galloping Deschamps has done everything asked of it. Um, Brave Man's Game has done everything asked of it. Asked of it. Um, we've got a Hoy Senor who even connections are talking about tilting elsewhere, but um, they're right in the mix here. Um, wh- where are you at with, uh, with the Brown Advisory at this point? I know you're a big believer in in Brave Man's game, uh, Dino, and I just think he really, really has come to the table, this boy. Uh, I know there's been one or two proper gimmies over fences where they've let him have his own way and he's been able to get into, you know, a nice routine and, and, you know, he's looked like his technique is pretty good, but... I think, to be honest, we've not been able to see how much metal he's got because he hasn't had to show it as yet. He's that good uh, jumping a fence, this boy. Um, obviously, there's the real worry that you want Nichols to turn things around because, you know, th- there could be some big bubbles burst. For looking at the declarations for Saturday, I mean, if, if some of them get, get bombed out on, on Saturday, well, you know, he's going to be a worried man um, the next few weeks, which is a real pity because, you know, Jumping a fence, this is a proper, proper horse. Um, yeah. But, I mean, obviously, if um, Galopin Deschamps turns up here, the other day, Willie did mention, didn't he? He thought he looked flat out um, at a couple of points during that race the other day. He went off to his left a little bit at one or two. I thought the performance beforehand was better than what we saw the other day, but still, you know, he got the job done. But I think I'd be in your camp here, to be honest, Um Dino, as long as the boys down in Ditchit can manage to turn things around. But at the minute, they, they sound to me like they're scratching their head as to what's wrong, which is the one. Right. That, that's the worrying thing. Um, yeah. I would prefer if they had their finger on something, I'm sure he would as well. Um, but I think we'll be far more in the know after the weekend because he has declared some real nice ones at the weekend. Yeah, I think it's time to kick back into gear for them. And Demo, you mentioned on the DRF preview that you know the Januarys are never a never firing time for the Nickel Shard, and maybe we saw signs of life here. But you're going to tell me, Demo, that your Galloping Deschamps is going to be Brave Man's game man, and probably not discuss anything else. Uh, no, actually, I think um, I think Brave Man's game is kind of like Parasage a man, you know, and that he's um, he's well clear of the horses around him, but he, he comes in undercooked a small bit then when it comes in against facing, you know, because. Like Gallop and Deschamps' form can't be knocked now, you know. Master McShay, he's a grade one winner. Um, he's in second, and Gayer de Benil's in third, who was there. Brave Man's game, he just hasn't. He's got f- weight from itchy feet, and um, a high senior hated every minute at Kempton. Like I genuinely think Brave Man's game. I was at the start of the season. I thought he was very overrated, Dean, but I underrated it. I underrated him there in that statement. I think he's brilliant. He's blown. He's blown me away with his jumping. My issue isn't his ability. My issue is is his battle readiness, and that he's going to be facing horses here that 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 have had proper, you know, proper battles this season. 
Um, I think Brayman's game, I just think it's unfortunate for him that he's just going to be bumping into, he probably would have been better off coming over nearly for Dublin Racing Festival, uh, but not probably now in the form that Paul Nichols was in. Uh, to be honest, Dean, like, I think Alabama de Champs is excellent. Um, I think he's a future Gold Cup horse, genuinely. I was blown away by his performance. He's only six years old, but saying that, yeah, he is only six years old and stuff goes wrong in these races at times, his jumping wasn't flawless the last day, but I thought Paul Townend was intentionally trying to do that. Um, at 11 to 1, as an each way bet, I think Fury Road is criminally overpriced based off that jumping performance. Uh, people that, like myself, that are fans of Fury Road will will remember that before he nearly won the that brilliant Albert Bartlett behind Monk 15, he threw in a horrible what? race at, at Leperstown as well. Um, I know he won here. At Christmas, but he's had a few runs like that where he's just thrown in horrible races. Um, at Leprechaun, that that's the second time he made a mistake, and and Jack Kennedy just, just really went easy with him afterwards. But he was brilliant at Christmas, absolutely uh, fantastic. It's taken a while to come back to himself. So from an each way point of view, Fury Road will probably be where I'll go on the day. But the the winner is more than likely coming from the first two. A high senior is probably not out of it, but I, I think the first two are ahead of him. Um, and but. If I had to put a gun to my head and pick between the two of them, I I would be saying that uh, Gallop and Deschamps wins it by by four or five lengths. Yep. Okay. Okay. Fury Road's a decent shout because you know that they're gonna um, go for this, and as you said, um, probably just put in a far better performance at Cheltenham than we might have seen. Um, well, certainly on over the Dublin Racing Festival, the run before that, when when taking account of Run Wild Fred, was uh, impressive under Jack Kennedy. Darren, two horse race or not? I have the weirdest complaint ever about Gallopin de Champs uh, that I'd probably get absolutely roasted for saying. I think he's actually been too good. I, what I mean by that is, I think there's not, I, I don't see enough that he can improve on. You know, when, uh, you know, you get a novice hurdle and they make their first start over fences and you go, oh yeah, well, like, he's made a mistake there. He's done this wrong. He's done that wrong. His first start, he literally did nothing wrong and you're kind of looking at it going, I, I, I don't see how he can get any better than that. Now, the weekend was good uh I, I thought it would have taught him an awful lot i, I think that, uh, look i'm not the first person to say this but said numerous times i think the aim of the weekend was to teach him uh which they clearly did you know they kind of were trying to stop him from from taking off you know in in in, in uh in dundrum jumping the fence and fox rock sort of thing but uh mm. i i, I think he, he reminds me a little bit of tissa crack in that sense in that he just seems to he thinks he can get away with it he needs to learn that you you, you can't let fly every single time and that would slightly concern me. Going like again, I'm Keith Dunahoo said this last oh, season right. about Envy Allen as well, Darren. So you're not miles off there at all. He he thought that Envy Allen was too perfect going into Cheltenham as well. Do you do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah. Now look again, yeah, it's only because he's such a short price that they've taken a few of his, you know, twos or threes. I'd be saying, you know, whatever. But he's he's not. He's 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 a pretty short price. Is this a two horse race? I I think Brave Man's game has improved a lot for fences. I really do. Uh, I I just missed him there a few minutes ago. I was I was half messing, but I I do think he's improved a lot. I just just something with Gallop and Deschamps that 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 stops you from pulling the trigger at a particularly sharp price. But uh, I I I don't think it's a two horse race. I think Heisenor was good at the weekend. I hope he runs here. There's there's talk that he doesn't. Uh, Dermo shout is a good one from from an each way perspective also. Yeah, I just I I I'm I'm hesitant to, to say really get in after Gallop in the Champs at such a short price. Fair enough. Uh, Eleven to ten on Gallop in the Champs with fans bet for the festival and obviously chase. Uh, Brave Man's games one hundred to thirty. It's nine to two a hoist and your and uh, six to one bar. And you're trying to find something that will turn up because the very next race we're going to talk about um, will contain some of those that we'll try and uh, 
and skip some of those uh, higher profile horses. Let's kick on with the National Hunt Challenge Cup amateur jockeys uh, race, of course, on the 15th. Three mile sixer, as it's known, Dermo. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not going to. I can feel our listeners rolling their eyes now. Uh, I think Pat's fancy wins this. We're on it. 22 to 1 and two <laughs> minutes tips. He's 14 to 1 now. And that's just because his his form keeps keeps on getting stronger and stronger. So he hasn't ran since our we're seeing this weekend. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's declared a Newbury, isn't he? We will. Yeah, yeah, we he's going to meet. He's going to meet Brave Man's game, and it's so, a dream yeah. prep run that is. Um, yeah. Because as yeah. uh, as Rebecca Carter said, that they'll be using his next run as a prep. Um, so she was basically saying there just to you know don't be too too disheartened if he's beaten. Um, but he's uh, he just if you watch it side by side to our listeners at home, and if you watch T for Trees win in the four miler. And if you watch Pat's Fancy's win at Chepstone, obviously a different level, but the horse in second appeared at Alcazar has more than backed that up since then. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And if you watch the two runs, it's it, it's a crazy how similar he is to his half-brother, T for Tree. Because on both occasions, a horse comes swinging beside him. He looks in a moment to bother. The jockey gets after him, and that after-timing staying ability kicks in. And he flies home the exact same as T for Tree did, did that day back in... T- 2012 under JT McNamara God rest his soul He'll We'll learn a lot about him this weekend I hope he, he can get Brave Man's game going But at 14 to 1 Dean I still think there's value there Because an awful lot of those horses ahead of him aren't running Yep fair enough 14 to 1 with fans bet is Pat's fancy uh, They go 11 to 4 favourite run Wild Fred With Statler at 3 to 1 and 8 to 1 Bar those Paddy what do you like for the 3 mile sixer? Well, obviously we're very in the dark As to as to who's going to turn up Aren't we? They've got multiple entries sure. But there was one I was really going to chuck in as um as a lively one for the North, trained by Sandy Thompson, a horse called Diane Breed. Um, now, he's only rated 142, but the fact of the matter is he's had three starts over fences and he just looks woefully slow. But he's got plenty of abilities <laughs> by a great sire in Diane out of a second Empire mare. So he's got a lovely page. He's only a seven-year-old. I just think it's very, very early days. For this chap, I do hope that Sandy brings him down because although they're really, really pitching him in at the deep end, I just think his stamina is absolutely bottomless. And as long as ground wasn't rattling, I think he'd have a fair squeak at a massive price for the North, Diane Breed. Lovely. Diane Breed, of course, ran in behind three under through five at uh, Warwick, I think, um, yeah, three or four weeks ago. Uh, Diane Breed for Sandy Thompson. Uh, big old price as well. Um, Darren, I come to you. Final word, and um, what do you like, or uh, yeah, what are your current position? Well, you act, the, you won't believe this. From out the back window, I'm looking right now. I can see the field where Diane Breed used to be trained. Would you believe? Oh, there you As go. Paddy's mentioned he used to be trained by a neighbour of mine, Paul Flynn. Uh, he brought him over. He uh, won a trainer as well. Won a, yeah. yeah, won a gold hurdle. Uh, he won a bumper with Diane Breed, and then. Got him sold. Uh, so that's a, that's a nice little uh, nice little tangent there. Um, yeah, look, this is boring enough. In my opinion, I, I actually can see where um, I can see where uh, where Paddy's coming from there. He was beaten that giant breed by I can't remember the horse, but he didn't jump a fence the whole around, but he just didn't stop. Wishy Park was it? That, that was yeah, yeah. Phil, the Philly Kirby horse. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't jump a fence the whole around, but just didn't stop. Which you know that that suggests he's a sizable engine uh, and I, I, he's one of those that you know he, he'll keep going anyway whatever happens um, yeah I, I, Statler's a weird one I kind of had the opinion that Stat, he's obviously favoured here I had the opinion that he wasn't really a stare he was a bit quicker than he was being given credit for but then his win there the weekend before last suggested that another mile is what he needed 
so I, I don't think I really have a handle on that horse. So I'm, I'm not content to um, I'm not content to put him up. Uh, run wild, Fred. This has been the plan for quite some time. Um, Gordon Olsen has had to win the race, and he'd probably be the solid option here. Uh, it's 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 not really a race I'm interested in because a lot of them have you know I, I, it's hard to know who exactly who's going to show up here. And for me, the jockeys play a massive role in this race. I, I want to know who's riding what before I consider having yeah. a bet. So. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's not it's not something I'm going to be putting a selection up for at this stage. I'm very very keen on Statler. The one thing I'm not keen about is the price this far out, unfortunately. But I think you get you probably get some all right value on the day, and I think there'll be a decent sized field for this because everything will be trying to avoid the other ones. Um, Statler, Derma, I know you're very uh, concerned about his staying ability, but I think that's been put to bed now after the Nace run, uh, beating Farouk Delen and Darren. You pointed out I think it needs further. I just was amazed. I was at Fairy House on the. Um, the day it beat Fighter Allen, and it looked like I only joined in the last and then skipped away. I just just made me change my whole mind about the horse, and I'm very very impressed with him. So I think Willie Mullins would probably be Patrick and Statler for that race. Uh, it looks one of the more solid favourites of the festival at this point for me. We have come to break time on the Race Hour podcast. Uh, when we do come back, we're going to rattle through uh, the action at Newbury and Warwick, and we'll go for our weekend naps. Um, we'll join you. Uh, just after this. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news, and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast brought to you with the friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season 2021-22. Don't forget their free tipping game will be in action this weekend. You need to find the winner of the Denman Chase, the Game Spirit and the Betfair Hurdle. We're going to try and give you some clues as we go through the weekend action at Newbury and Warwick. Now my panel of course is Dermot Nolan, Paddy Aspel and Darren Hughes and we're going to get straight stuck in to the 115 at Newbury. Uh, we were talking about some of uh, these horses just before we went to the break so this should be pretty straightforward brave man's game wins by how far Dermot Nolan <laughs> I'm the wrong man to ask for that uh D he gets 14 pounds here when he's he's what is he 16 pounds clear of grumpy Charlie and Pat's fancy on on uh-huh. ratings if either of those horses are ever going to beat brave man's game this is the day uh brave man's game is obviously coming from a yard that uh, Paul Nichols has pretty much pulled all his runners this week as well. Um, so Brave, sniffly, yeah. Brave Man's yeah. Game will be his first runner back since since the, a lot of them bombing. Dolos was the only one last weekend to show up at all. Uh, the rest of them were, were were really bad. So if yeah, look, if Pat's Fancy and Grumpy Charlie are ever ever going to be able to beat this horse, this is the day getting fourteen pounds. But as I said before, and um, I there, there's no real pressure on Rebecca Curtis or anyone else with this run at all. Um, the the main day is a national hunt chase. She said this now a few times. He, he'll be steadily brought up for that race. He'll go front running like he always does. I think he'll run a cracking race. Um, but if he's beaten by Brave Man's game, it's definitely no bad thing, Dean, even getting 14 pounds. You're looking there to, at a future gold cup horse is what Brave Man's game is, whilst the likes of Pat's fancy, his, his long-term ambition will be a Welsh national. So that's a completely different yeah. grade there. So Pat's fancy. I hope he's as good as I think he is. I think he is a grade one horse, so he could well run up to that level here. Um, I think he he might come up short if Brave Man's game is thing, but all I want to see here, Dean, is a really good showing because I win enough money if he, uh, even if he places a Cheltenham, so uh, I won't be wagering on him this weekend. 
Yeah, fair enough. I could have answered that for you with the with the term eight lengths. I'll go to Darren now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm surprised he's declared Braveman's game here. To be honest, given the Why? yard, given the, given the yard form, I just I didn't think a handicap chase where he's given away lumps away was the ideal prep. If he thinks there's something, if he thinks there's a little bit of a bug or there's something wrong in the yard, that that's all I mean is that I'm surprised he's he's declared him here. I agree with Dermo. I think if there's ever a day he's going to get beaten, it'll be this one by by the horses he's facing. And I actually think I actually kind of fancy Grumpy Charlie here. Um, I was a big fan of him last year. Uh, I think stamina is his forte. Uh, he's coming here. He's getting lumps of weight off the top, obviously. Uh, and I just think, yeah, nine to two. I think I think Brave Man's game. I, I'd be reluctant to take a short price with anything trained by Paul Nichols at the minute, given his yard form. Yeah, I think Paddy might agree with you. Not that Brave Man's game can't win. Is that betting it is a difficult proposition, Paddy? It is. It is. But you know what, though, Dino? Even when a yard are not maybe in a good place, the real good ones still pop up and win. Um, yeah. Simply on, pu- on pure natural ability. I mean, I know he's got to give... I mean, Brian Carver with his three off, you know, he's having to give Grumpy Charlie £19. Pounds. Um, but Brave Man's game, he's an absolute monster. Um, and I know we've only got the six runners, but in these limited handicaps, you often get plenty of the handicap and half the field are out, out of the weights here. So I don't know. It, it's an odd old race. I think one or two of them will be just looking to nick a little bit of money here, but I can't see Brave Man's game getting beat. Obviously, it's a real worry, the form of the stable, but like I say, I, I think at times, even when they're not running or they're not firing on all cylinders, the real good ones still win. Yep. Yeah, that's what I expect will happen. It may not be all plain sailing. That's you know the horses behind it have got other um, you know long term targets than a horse like Brave Man's Game, and we'll have to see Paul Nichols's yard come back to form. It's an interesting start uh, to the weekend's action. The one fifty at Newbury is um, handicap hurdle over three miles. Paddy, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, the Brimming Water is uh, top of the market at the moment for Samuel Drinkwater and Sam Twiston Davis. Uh, lights of Polish, uh, Risk and Roll, what's up with you, Cordon Leon? And the big breakaway I thought was interesting coming back in here for Colin Tizard and Brendan Powell. Uh, this race is going to take a bit of solving, I think. Yeah, the big breakaway, I mean, he, he would just literally break your heart, wouldn't he? I mean, he, he looked at one stage, he was going to be an absolute superstar, but we've not seen him for a few months now. They've done his wind. Now, he's another one here. Yeah. He's, he's given away a fair old bit of weight here, £12 plus to the whole field but interesting to see maybe how he fares out at a track but you know the only time they brought him here he did win like you say we've got last year's winner in there has got a bit more to do this time round maybe Polish and he arrives here in only ordinary enough form but the brimming water I think is very very interesting I think Sam Drinkwater there's a few trainers there the young up and coming guys but I like these fellas who you know from early days they land a few punts because if they're landing punts with these middle-of-the-road horses, they know what they're doing because uh, to win with an ordinary horse is far more difficult to, to win with a nice one. They're going to tie this fella's tongue down for the first time on Saturday. He's only had the seven runs over hurdles. Sam Twiston is up again. I think he should be competitive off one two seven this Sonny Yates, and I think he's got a cracking chance there, albeit he was beaten five the last day. I don't think he ran that badly. Okay. Uh, the Brimming Water is interesting there for Paddy. Darren, I'll come to you here. Yeah, very boring, but uh, the Brimming Water is where I came down on as well. Uh, I think the world of unaccepted parties, I think I put him up here in one of the first podcasts I did. That's right. uh, I think he got an absolute stones from, from Harry Skelton twice, uh, but finally put that uh, put that goes to rest at Ascot the last day, and I think there's more improvement than him still. 
Uh, I think the Bremen Water Speed of him rates as brilliant for him in the context of this race. I think he's probably caught out by Haydock the last day, uh, but he can definitely resume an upward curve here. Price probably isn't nothing to get too excited about at the moment anyway, but you might get a bigger price in the morning of. But yeah, he, he'd definitely be the one outside with here. Yeah, three to one favorite is the brimming water with fans. About seven to two polish, risk and roll, four to one, five to one. What's up with you? Call Leon fifteen to two along with the big breakaway. And twelve to one bow. Damn, are you gonna go somewhere else? Uh yeah, what's up with you has been given one hell of a chance by the handicapper here, Dean. Um, you know, fourth to Gallop and Deschamps in the Martin Pipe last year at Cheltenham, uh, off a mark of 136, three kind of middling runs this year, and he's down to a mark of 125. Uh, David Bass takes over. Ben Pauling's yard is in much better form than it has been. Uh, I I think this is a cracking bet altogether. Um, just for like the 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 level of that run last year to finish fourth in such a good race, um, like you've got in second that day is Langer Dan in third is Floor and fifth is Dallas Day Pictons. He's mixing it there with some proper horses, Dean, and um, he's he's acquitted himself very very well. He's obviously not been in good form, but Ben Pauling's yard has been very up and down this this kind of last while. He'd have. A great winner recently as well. So what's up with you, Dean, for me, is um, a question that I ask you a lot of the time, and it's a horse I think that can win on Saturday, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very fair. Very fair. Often different things, Demo, is the answer. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think the big breakaway has to be backed here. And I might not, well, I'm certainly clearly not in the majority on the panel, but um, all that back class, it's not gone anywhere. Been away for 97 days. Um, Tis it going well, too. This is well. a nonsense of a field in comparison to what the big breakaway is potentially um, able to do. Still only seven. Um, just go back and pick any one of the old runs if you want to find a reason to find some support there off a big weight for Marco 144. 15 to 2 with fans bet. Um, that's where I'll be going. But I do respect uh, the other horses in the race if the big breakaway is not in a good place. But if the big breakaway is in a good place, I think he will win that. I think it's a decent bet. Uh, Darren, I come to you first on the Kingmaker. You're a big Edward Stone fan, and uh, this is an opportunity for another step towards the Arco. Yeah, won't waste too much time here. Very straightforward. Edward Stone wins. Uh, beats third time lucky. Establishes himself as the outright favourite for the Arkle in six weeks Tuesday or seven weeks Tuesday, six weeks Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Four weeks Tuesday, isn't it? Four, it's, it's four, four weeks, Darren. You, you're going to miss it by three weeks. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Okay. Darren, but, Darren must have been a time warp down there in Longford, eh, Darren? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah it's, it seems like 1957 down here sometimes, Darren. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's four weeks Tuesday. Yeah, very straightforward. Edward wins. Okay, do you know what is out the back window of your house? A black hole. That's what's happened to you. Yeah, I wish I'd jump into it if there was. You lost time. You lost time. Okay, Edward Stone, pretty straightforward, becomes Arkle favourite after the Kingmaker is run at Warwick, according to Darren Hughes. Paddy, um, Edward Stone, third time lucky. Brave Siasco, who was very good and has been very good this season and for pleasure in there, complete the field of four. Yep, he's three and four over fences, isn't he, Brave Siasco? Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's nicely clear at the weights, Edward Stone. He's won over C and D. I mean, he's got the beating uh, when they've met in the past of both... Um, of third time lucky and uh, for pleasure i'm pretty sure they've butted heads in the past uh this will be running a good gallop because we know keelan woods will let for pleasure slide along on the front end so edward stone should settle away and yeah i think he should he should get the four timer up here okay um yeah another vote there demo over to you um i know you don't even think this is relevant towards the arco but the race has still got to be won at the weekend oh yeah no no, no. It is still relevant um, because I just want to, as flippant as I am, I, uh, as flippant as I can sound sometimes, Dean, I, I've always been a big fan of 
Edward Stone. I think he's a very good horse, but I just thinking in terms of the Irish, they're they're just a good bit clearer this lot. But Edward Stone, he'll I think he'll kick third time lucky out of the way. Third time lucky is a horse that I really don't rate. And uh, Brave Shushka, he's he he'll finish second, I think. Too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not enamoured with any of them. Wouldn't be surprised if third time lucky does win and. Uh... And the whole world shakes up again about this hipster horse being Skelton's uh, Arca winner. But yeah, it's an open division. We'll see how they get on there. I have no strong view. The boys seem quite clean on Edward Stone for that 205. And uh, just check the betting for you currently with fans. But 11 to 10 on Edward Stone. Third time lucky 2 to 1. 92 Brave Sheska. And for pleasure, 18s for uh, probably a front running ride under Keelan Woods. All right, we'll move on to the uh, Betfair Demon Chase 225 at Newbury. Um, um, I'll come to you first. Clanders Oboe, we've talked about Paul Nichols's um, yard. This is a big day for Clanders Oboe. Um, Royal Pagai, Imperial Order, El Dorado, Allen, and the Rasha counter um, completes the field there of five. Yeah, if Clanders Oboe is back, he tends to strip an awful lot for their first, first run. That was a huge run at Christmas um, in second in that King George, especially because, you know, his first run back, it's well known that Clanders Oboe tends to improve um, well past that run. Obviously, Paul Nichols' form is the big concern here. If, if Paul Nichols wasn't in that form, I'd probably would be backing him here. Um, but at the moment, it's a race I'm happy to just watch, kind of shirk it because it's uh, Royal Pagale could could well be good enough. I think Newbury is definitely more his track than than the likes of uh, a Cheltenham is. But uh, sure. Clanders Oboe, um, if all was well and if the good horses do just just continue on despite a stables yard form, then Clanders Oboe, I think he should be winning this. Um, Imperial Aura in his best form he wouldn't be out of it but he, he's more letters and numbers now next to his name unfortunately um, so Clanders Oboe I think is is the better of these two but uh, Royal Pigale just with the possibly with the kind of stable form and Nichols would could be overpriced so it, it's a race team I'm just happy to shirk yeah, it's going to be a good watch, and maybe that's what many will do here. Imperial Aurea, I liken now to the English version of Asterion for lunch. Um, it's, they're, they're both, they should race each other. Something will probably come out on top. Um, so, okay, Clanders Oboe, Royal Pagai, Imperial Aurea, Eldorado Lara, and the Rasha Counter. Uh, Darren, is it a race you will be betting in? Is it a race I will be betting in? Um, no, to be honest, it, is, it isn't, Dean. Um, like, I'm, I'm Imperial Aurea's biggest fan. He won't be carrying my cash again until he proves that he's sort of somewhere back near yeah. the horse he was. Um, I I thought Clandesovo would in ordinary times be a brilliant bet at even money. Always improves for uh, for his first run of the season. Uh, but I, I again with Nichols yard form, I can't get stuck into a short one. As in, I, I've opposed Raveman's game on 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 those grounds. Uh, Royal Pagai I think needs the ground a bit softer than what he's likely to get it here. And all of this is me going around in circles and I'm not going to have a bet in this race. So I have happy fair to watch enough. it. Yep, yep, fair enough. Um, Paddy, I mean, the question mark we've talked about is Paul Nichols's form for Clander Zobo. And, and, you know, even money with fans bet is the current price. You'd imagine that'd be plenty shorter if Nichols was uh, was firing a little bit sooner than <clears throat> than what we're all waiting to happen. And Royal Pagai, when it was the winner at Haydock in January... Um, just got the assistance of being able to kind of get the confidence back and jump better out of the softer ground. It's not going to be that soft at noon. No, it won't be. Um, and that's one thing Charlie Deutsch, he did highlight after. He said that this horse, it all clicked for him that day. And, you know, he started to, to take on his fences and travel and just said confidence-wise, he was in a good place. But I think the small field will probably suit Royal Pagai, but there's no doubt he is a better horse getting his toe in that bit more. I know Eldorado Allen has got a fair bit to do 
at the weights, lads, but that was a good effort last time. And the fact that they're finally going up and just giving this fella a bit of a trip to run at, we could see a bit of improvement with Eldorado, Alan. I think you better yeah. going left-handed. Um, there's no doubt. And now, a 155, he does have ground to make up with some of his rivals here. Um, but I think he's interesting now just giving a bit more of a test. And that was a very, very solid run, I thought, the last day. And he's arriving here maybe in a better place than one or two of his rivals. Yeah, okay. Eldorado Allen, uh, eight to one chance with fans, but even money, as I said, for Calendas over. Rob Guy at twos, 13 to two for Imperial Aura, which I think is one of the best in the village for a horse that could bounce back. And 22 to one for Darash account. That is the uh, Dem and Chase. A lot more watchers than punters, I think, getting a, um, getting a look at the Dem and Chase this weekend. Okay, let's move on to the uh, game spirit. Um, Paddy, I'll come to you first on this one. Hitman, So Real, Funam, Buell, Civola, Sky Pirate, and Editor de Geet, um, possibly not going to go Gary Moore's runner, um, might leave us with a field of four for the game spirit. Yeah, it looks very, very competitive, doesn't it, to be fair? Uh, I know we're lacking on numbers a little bit, but Editor de Geet, he's been taken out already, um, as you say, so we're just left with the four, which, you know, it's 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 disappointing. But we've got another Nichols horse here that is probably uh, on the book. He's one of the best in the race. He's got form at the track. But I really like Venetia's horse here. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. I'll just say number four. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think he's got a fair bit of ability, this boy. He's a couple of runs at the track, a win and a place. Charlie Deutsch has ridden him stacks of times. He knows him. I just think his form is pretty solid and another one he arrives here with a recent run he's very very fit and i mean although he only beat the big bite by a length the last day that was with 12 stone on his back he's just very very likable and he certainly deserves a go at a big one here yep course and distance winner of course a funam bull Savola or number four in that three o'clock at newbury uh darren take it away here there's a few old favorites and also a nickels question mark a bit like the story of the weekend yeah, again, I would love Hitman here. I really would. But uh, Nicky's hard for him. Just too unnerving. Uh, I think Editor De Guy's on a massive upward curve at the minute. Obviously, Gary Moore's yard is, uh, is firing out winners left, right, and centre. And uh, yeah, he's the one I'm going to side with here. He's out of I the race. I don't think he's going to go, Darren. He's out. He's out. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's not great. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll have to go back to the drawing board on that one, lads, I'm afraid. Uh, that's that's totally bad. fine. Totally fine. He was there this morning. He is no oh, longer there. When though. I did my notes this morning, that's grand. That's what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, I, have, I haven't definitely really was lost there. my mind. So, uh, yeah, you can leave all this in. I don't mind. Uh, I had the winner of the race. I can take him out. Uh, yeah, from we know about race, from we saw that race. You can never be proved wrong, Darren. That's always a good place to be. Uh, Derma? Uh, yeah, I agree with Paddy completely. Uh, Fun and Bull Savola has been excellent the last twice. He's an upper trend. Scoreal is the one they all have to beat. That, that, that horse sets a very decent standard always. Uh, but that uh, Fun and Bull Savola should be ex- should be very hard to stop here, Yep, I'm hoping that all this market negativity around all the Nichols horses uh, continues into the weekend and I can take the Brave Man Games route and do Hitman, Clanders over and Brave Man's Game Travel and see if we can get out. Um, get out on, on, on the right side of the Nichols form resurgence. Okay, look, Kraken Race to talk about next is the um, the Warwick Castle Handicap Chase at Warwick, of course. Um, recent winners for the podcast, I think, in the likes of the King of May and Falco Blitz will go here. Dem, I'm going to come to you first with this handicap puzzle to solve at work 315 yeah do you know i really like this race um this is a proper proper handicap now uh you you know you've got even the likes of dinny lacy there 
coming from Ireland with the, the very shrewd motorway yard. He, he's got some very decent form in his backlog as well. Um, but I really like Riders in the Storm here at um, a 14 to 1. Um, this is a horse that we put up a few times in the podcast, probably probably less wins sure. than uh, than mentions. But the last time was was clearly fancied last time for his new connections after a very good run on his first run uh, for Richard Hobson at um, at Aintree, and he bombed out of Cheltenham Dean, but he just doesn't like Cheltenham. He I, like for me, he's never ran a good race there, um, mm. and. Naturally, you, you keep going back there, which is completely understandable. But you know, he was he went off ten to one against April Tard, and he he fell. And I just kind of think since since that day when he was with O'Leary or Tom Taft back then, since that day, it's just kind of been kind of slowly going going back towards that again. He just doesn't like it there at all. Um, he's on a really good mark. I mean, he, he runs there for one hundred and forty five last season. Last season, there he was finishing third to the likes of of Massey Tommy Tucker. And then back in 2019, he's he's beating on the blind side at, at Ascot before going on to win an Ascot chase. You know, like there's there's some serious upside in him. And he's only nine years old. So he's come right down in the rating, which the handicapper has done all season. He's 14 to 1 here for Keelan Woods and Richard Hobson. And um, for very, very shrewd owners. And I just think that he's he's far, far too big a price there. Yeah, I love him. I love him too. Always have. Always thought he'd win that novice, the A Plutard one, and then always thought he'd probably win every other time he's run since. And uh, we're waiting on it. We're waiting on a return. <laughs> uh, Riders on the Storm, uh, great song, and hopefully a horse that can uh, bounce back for new connections and Richard Hobson. And like I say, was very well fancied at Cheltenham on New Year's Day. And uh, yeah, just didn't just did what it does at Cheltenham, which is disappointing as the hill approaches on the horizon. Um, Paddy, I'll come to you on this handicap. I was with Sam Thomas's horse here, Dino Our Power. Um, he's had a few trainers, this fella. I mean, started off, he only one run for Christian Williams. Then King, he had him for a while. Then Twiston Davis. But since Sam Thomas has got him, he kicked on and he started jumping fences straight away. Uh, I thought he really looked like a horse who lacked confidence on his first out and they popped a pair of cheap pieces in on that day, but he wasn't beaten very far. Then he popped up at Wing Canty the next day. He got a right slap at Doncaster um, at the first on his next start, but fair play to Sam Thomas. He ran him three days later at Huntington yep. uh, with, a, with a, a fair bit of weight on his back as well. So I know there was only four runners, but he's obviously got a bit of metal, this horse, to be honest, because he put in a foot perfect, Round of jumping. The form has been frank since. And um, I think he looks progressive, um, our power. So he'll do for me with Gavin Sheehan on board. Yep, Gavin Sheehan on board for Sam Thomas on our power. Um, currently six to one chance with a fan's bet. Riders on the Storm is there at 12 to one. But Darren, you might have something else for us. I have. Yeah, I have indeed. Uh, as my uh, my fail tip in the last race, editor to Geet, I'm going to stick on that form line. And I like the look of Chettleton here at in and around 6 to 1, 13 to 2 mark. Uh, managed to split editor De Geet and Frero Bamboo for Venetia, who then went on obviously to win uh, one of the big handicaps at the, the Linkfield Million weekend and was then second to Davalos at the weekend. I think that form is pretty good. Uh, was also second then behind Iker Dane next time out, who was ended up being beaten by Frero Bamboo. So the form is reasonably solid, stands up pretty well. Uh, I think um, he has he a solid look to him. He jumps particularly well. I think he could end up being the pace angle in this race as well. Uh, and in a, in a race like this, I'd like something to, that's going to be ridden in the van. So, yeah, all in all, I think Shelton's a pretty solid selection, especially to hit the frame at around 6-1, 13-2. 
Okay, Cheltenham, Sean Quinlan will be aboard that one. Currently six to one as well with our sponsors, uh, fans bet. I would be a little bit concerned about how much they fancied Milton Harris's Jackamar the last day uh, at Cheltenham, and they're, they're not hanging around to get back out. But ran okay, but jumps terribly. If jumps better than that, that'll get involved. But Riders on the Storm will do uh, myself and Dermo on a retrieval mission. Let's talk about the Betfair hurdle. Um, Darren, I may as well stick with you here. Um, Try and pick the bones out of this. We've got JPR1, uh, lightly raced, of course, for Colin Tizar. We've got Broomfield Berg, lightly raced-ish um, but for Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville. And uh, we've got, like, last year's winner, Soaring Gory. Last year's second, 50 ball. We've got Boot Hill, Nappers Hill. Um, yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck is right. Um, yeah, and no, I, I, I kind of fancy... Uh, I, I do... No, sorry, there's no kind. I do fancy Boot Hill to, to run pretty well here. Um I thought I think they, they should have stayed hurdling with him. I think I think the the going chase in the last day probably didn't make a whole pile of sense. Uh, I think the form behind Soren Glory is is pretty good for uh, for first run back of the season. And uh, that last October, uh, he's had a little bit of time since then to to get his uh get his act together. First time Tong Tai here should travel a lot better to the race. And I know he was highly thought of last year. I think I said sorry. I remember myself and Dermo putting him up here uh, very early on in the season uh, in that Ascot handicap. Yep. I think you know. A mark of one three five definitely underestimates his ability. Uh, I know Soren Glory is pretty well fancied, and if you fancy him, you kind of have to fancy um, Boot Hill, who is four pounds better off for that Ascot race uh, last October. So yeah, all in all, I think he has a, a reasonable look to himself. I'll be hoping he bounces back after uh, probably a shade disappointing chasing debut. Yeah, if you don't watch the kind of the end trails of uh, the run behind soaring glory he traveled like a travelly thing but he did look like he was gonna he was gonna be coming through and and taking that scalp so there could be plenty more to come for harry fry's boot hill uh demo over to you uh yeah dean uh, i've had one here that, that i've been on for a while his uh his price has remained uh, fairly straight and sharp though uh jatai dean i've i've loved them for this for for quite a while um I thought that Isn't was supreme a, novice form going to get the tester here. Yeah, I thought it was a much better run behind Constitution Hill. I thought the the jockey Larkin Williams was, was brilliant in that once he looked up and realized the Constitution Hill was breezing past him, he just kind of stopped. But like, shall we have one more is after Frank in the form already in behind that day? Um, you know, last weekend, Dean, you were actually quite taken with that performance. Um, yep. and like the form just kind of that's a very big point or point four for that form now it is more than probable that just that day didn't suit Shelby have one more and that the, the run afterwards but but still there was there was such a distance between Jatai backwards and all of Jatai's form this season uh Ryan Potter fantastic trainer and like the win at Leicester was very good the win at Chepster was very good and then the third behind top bandit and um and Brorson and again is form that that is is decent and I think because he's come from such a small yard, he maybe is not getting the the kind of proper recognition. But of ten stone twelve here in a mark of one hundred and thirty three, that Larkin Williams, he's a really good young jockey, and uh, for a trainer in Ryan Potter going places, I think Jatoy and I'll throw in an old reverse forecast as well, Dean. I think he'll beat uh, he'll beat fifty ball home. Hey, fifty ball. Now I like to be proven right about things, and sometimes you have to wait twelve months. And uh, fifty ball. I was all over him last year as well. Yeah, we all were. I mean, we picked him out a few runs before coming to uh, this exact race, of course, twelve months ago, and he bumped into a horse that was very, very well handicapped in Soaring Glory, who now has to go and beat him with a completely different weight proposition in front of him. Now there's some other horses in the race, so I'm going to make it very simple on my side and just say fifty ball, twelve months on proves um, well a couple of us right, albeit. 
uh, a year later than we expected. Paddy, make sense of this for me, will you? Well, I think although he's only run three times, he is short enough JPR1, but yeah. both Colin and Joe Tizard have said that this, and, and they said it last year, this was probably the best horse in the yard. Um, wow. And I think, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I mean, when he won a taunt in the last day, lads, he was apparently rated 131. On yep. Saturday, he runs off 130 after winning by six wickets at taunt. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not really sure. Obviously, this this will probably be an early entry race. So, But surely he can't run off his off the same mark, can he? Or There doesn't seem to be any penalty. He can, there, yeah, yeah. Once you run off the... It, it's all early entries and early weights, buddy. Oh, I was thinking because, I mean, I've won 30, lads. I mean, on his second run, that race at Cheltenham, they, there was only five runners and they absolutely trotted round. And really, he was just done on a, a sprint from the back of the last. I mean, he was only beaten a neck yeah. or so. But he's by the side of the gold mad for an Ireland now court cave out of a presenting Mary. He has got a lovely page. He's in deep water here for he's only just turned five, this boy, and he's in against, you know, plenty of, of battle hardened rivals here. But the fact that the Tizards hold them in such high regard and they said that last year, I think, before he'd even hit a race course. So I think off one thirty, they certainly could have a bit of a bit of room to manoeuvre there, lads. Yeah, I imagine if he does win and he is priced up to win, that they'll go swinging uh, a la kind of Al Dancer style at a Supreme and 16s or 20s around for that in one of the hottest Supremes. Uh, he'll be a bit shorter if he can get this done. Okay, JPR won. Yeah, I mean, he has to be, he has to be on the list, of course. <coughs> Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville Broomfield Berg will be feeling similar, but it's a hot, hot race to wrap up weekend proceedings. I do need um, anything else from the weekend. Um, you normally have something. Uh, yeah, Dean, I have one that I think is, is potentially a JP McMahon is just just absolute plot job and a half. And uh, I wasn't going to share it, but my mouth's so big. Um, this is a walk <laughs> in the park. He, a Plassey house in the 325 at Nace on Saturday. Um, has got one of the best young jockeys on his back as well in, in Richard Condon. But two two disastrous runs, obviously, just way behind everything else. And then under Mark Walsh, the last day, 6-6-1, was fourth behind Evazari of 22. And showed quite a bit that day and i'm just very interested in the fact that he's been dropped in here now of of this rating of 101 they've made the effort of getting a jockey like richard condon in a race that jp mcmahon sponsors himself because he obviously owns a dare manor um so i just find him very interesting number 14 there on saturday in the 325 just looks to me now like an old jp mcmahon is punt but look you're more likely to be wrong than right when you try and spot these things. But for me now, yeah. anyway, he, that looks a proper punt on its way with a horse that well bred. Um, but uh, Napwise Dean, I, I've kind of been kind of humming and hawing about this. But what's up with you, Dean? In the um, what's up with you in the one fifty? The one fifty at Newbury. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to take you on with the classy, the big breakaway. So we'll nap against each other. See what Twitter. All right, well, then I'll change mine. Then <laughs> sorry, I will change mine to. Riders in the storm, then, Dean. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, we agree on that one. Yeah. Um, okay. Sounds good. All right. So the big breakaway for me in the 150, uh, Riders on the storm, of course, at Warwick in the 315 for them and Nolan. Uh, anything else, Darren, over the weekend? Annual nap, please. Uh, just a nap for me. And the nap for me is going to be Grumpy Charlie to beat Brave Man's Game in the 115 at Newbury on Saturday. Oh, my. Okay. All right. Grumpy Charlie. I will be a Grumpy Charlie if that comes off. Um, Paddy, over to you for the nap for the weekend, please. I've gone very, very small, Fry lads. I've gone to Utoxeter for a maiden hurdle, believe it or not. 
Uh, yes, um, go on. But I just had a good old dig uh, through some of the cards. And in the 308, Donald McCain's got Barrowdale there. Um, and they've taken their time with this horse and they've stepped them up in trip on Saturday. Interesting that Brian Hughes is going to Utoxeter as well. You know, such a such a busy day. But they obviously think that this chap's going to win. They've popped the hood on him. A couple of runs at Bangor for the stable. Um, he's been just been too forward and too keen. Absolutely bolted up in a point-to-point for Mick Winters back in Ireland. And I think with the hood on in Maiden Company, although some of his rivals do have more experience, I think this fella has got more potential for improvement. And I think that hood will be the job for him at Utoxeter on Saturday. So, Borrowdale in the 308 at Utoxeter. Excellent. Thank you, Paddy. Okay, I mean, that is this week's uh, podcast done and dusted. The race out, of course, brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season 21-22. Do get involved with the Bet 10, get 30 offer on bookmakers.co.uk for fans bet and their free tipping game this weekend with £250 must be won. There'll also be some free bets given out on the race out on Sunday on Twitter. Uh, my thanks go to Dermot Nolan, Paddy Aspel and Darren Hughes. I've been Dean Ryan, but for now, we'll leave you alone. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.